First of all, welcome episode 153. My name is Russell, it's Podcast Bell Trade. And um, fittingly, given that it's Valentine's Day, Valentine's Night now, um, it's just a little um, a tete-a-tete, just the two of us, Leon. Well, I can't think of any better way of spending Valentine's evening rest than with you. And do you know what? Nook no, no, no and my wife, she thinks this is the best way to spend it as well these days. <laughs> it's also Hans Krankel's birthday. He's a big deal in Austria, isn't he? Oh, he's 70, isn't he? How did, yeah. Did you, yeah um, I saw birthday. something in uh, my mother-in-law's newspaper the other day. Yeah, it was a sort of celebration of Hans Krankel turning 70. Yeah. Yeah. And I fell down a bit of a, a rabbit hole. Given that I knew we were going to be recording, I thought, okay, there's obviously the Austria connection. Anyone who's listening for the first ever time, uh, you live in Innsbruck. And his goal scoring record is far more impressive than I, I ever realised, actually. Um, I mean, he's kind of like good Muller, 1970s level of goal scoring prowess. And, and obviously a legend in Austria. And it's like 34 in 69 games. It's not like the. Um... The leading scorer, I think Arnautovic has got more than that. But Tony Tony Polster, if you remember him, mm. him of the um, impressive mullet, uh, is is I think still Austria's leading goal scorer. But Arnautovic was pretty getting pretty close. Um, he's probably going to overtake it soon if he hasn't already. But yeah, yeah, I mean he's very famous in Austria because he scored twice against West Germany. Um, at the 1978 World Cup, which is perhaps the most celebrated game in Austria's football history, um, yeah. So yeah, bit of a bit of a national hero. And, yeah. yeah, the miracle of uh, of Cordoba. That's it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, it uh, was was part parcel of the, uh, the the rabbit hole I, I fell down. Yeah. Did you hear his single "Lonely Boy," which uh, got to number two in Austria in 1985? I managed to find my, scramble my way out of the rabbit hole before I ended up finding <laughs> that that on YouTube. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm just going to turn the mic down a little bit. I think I'm a little bit loud. I managed to <laughs> no, I managed to um, withstand the <laughs> withstand the curiosity to uh, right. down that rabbit hole. Well, so, yeah. he did. He got he got higher in the Austrian charts than um, Hoddle and Waddle's Diamond Lights did in the in the UK charts. So, anyway. Yeah. That's either praising with faint damnation or, or damning with full <laughs> praise. I'm not sure which, but nevertheless, um, this isn't an Austrian uh, football legends podcast. Um, it's Welsh football, and we, we were thinking of maybe just seeing how the transfer window panned out and maybe do something reviewing it. But from a Welsh perspective, it was pretty, pretty boring. There wasn't really a huge amount to discuss. Certainly not really that, that justified any um, any necessity to get around the mic. And suddenly. Um, like London buses, we have another retirement to have to get our heads around and digest and process and uh, a form of bereavement, I, I suppose, if that's not too strong a way of putting it. Um, and this time, Joe Allen. And I yeah, kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't I wasn't expecting it. The more I thought about it, I wasn't necessarily all that surprised. But we're going to have, have a chat about that. The other guys from uh, from the gang of um, uh, who can't make it, um, they are they've, they've shared some comments which which we'll read out. There's some comments on Twitter, and we're also going to take an opportunity to discuss the merits or otherwise um, of um, of Paul Mullin getting a Wales call up because that's gained a little bit of uh, buzz and traction uh, and noise 
online and obviously as a Wrexham fan Leon you'd have you've probably got a bit more sort of skin in this game than most slightly divisive topic mm, yeah it seems so yeah look forward to getting stuck into that a bit later but I think we should I think we should start with, with Super Joey Allen I don't know, should we get the kind of the criticism out of the way first and then yeah okay so I was a bit surprised the more I've pondered it maybe I can I can kind of see it I can I can see the rationale I'm a little bit disappointed in the sense that I felt he probably probably had one more campaign in him, in the same way that we talked about some of the other players perhaps having one more campaign. Indeed, as we felt perhaps Bale did, although Bale has finished completely. So it's a different retirement in that sense because he's obviously still going to be playing for the Swans, injuries notwithstanding, and I think that's, that, that is clear as an issue. He's struggling to maintain fitness more than perhaps we've all appreciated, notwithstanding he looked way off, way off it in, in, uh, in Qatar. But the fact that he was taken, even though he was so chronically unfit, suggests still quite how prominent he is in Page's thinking, how prominent he is in the squad, how integral, how important he is in the squad, both the role he plays, the personality, the experience. So that that kind of counts as something, even if he's not going to be the regular. So I'm, I do feel a little bit disappointed. It, it takes a little bit of an edge off the... That the sense of yeah, great you know, great a great career for us. Euro twenty sixteen team of the tournament is you know is an incredible uh, uh, um, uh, an award if if that's the right way of putting it. Even for all of that, I, I, I feel a little bit disappointed. I think the more I'm pondering it. What about you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, there's been discussions about this on our on our podcast Paldroids WhatsApp group, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I've sort of Try to put it in a, a bit into perspective in that 74 caps is not um, in any way an insignificant number. It's It, it would have, you know, for, for years it would have been like our our highest number of caps. I mean, um, I, you know, Ivor Allchurch had the record for well, of 68, which was from, oh, his last cap was about 1970, I think through to Joey Jones breaking it in 86 when he got 72 caps. So it still would have been the record. And I think Peter Nicholas might have taken it off him with 73. It would have been the record up until Neville Selfall broke it in, I guess, the early 90s. So 74, decent number of caps. It's just nowadays we're kind of used to the Messi's and Ronaldo's and the Lewandowski's and the Modric's and these people are sort of winning 150 plus, aren't we? So it sort of feels a bit like, uh, you know, uh, it, it feels like a small number, but it, it, it wouldn't have been in the not too distant past. Um, so there's that uh, feeling. Yeah, I, I felt like you, like, Especially with the next Euros only being, um, well, less than 18 months away, I thought, okay, it'd be great to have Joe Allen for one, was it, you know, it's like February now, so it'd be in June, so it'd be like 17 months away or so, the, ne- the next European Championships, if we qualify, it'd be great to, you know, maybe finish on a, on a more of a high than the World Cup was, because that was just so... That was just so limp, wasn't it? And um, especially in regards to his contribution, just sort of coming in for 
those five final few minutes against Iran when we conceded two goals and and that kind of kind of non-performance against England. So it's a shame it's sort of all it's all ended that way. Um, but um, to kind of try and see things more from his point of view, the injuries have been a have been an issue now for a while, and um, yeah, nobody knows Joe Allen's body and mind better than Joe Allen, so I'm not going to kind of um, impose kind of my you know my my feelings, my desires up, upon him if he feels like you know this is the best thing for him. I'm I'm um, totally willing to accept that, and uh, it doesn't it does, doesn't diminish his legendary status for Wales in my mind. Yeah, I'm looking at. It. I mean, he missed eight games with the uh, Achilles injury, eight or nine games internationals. You know, so that takes an, an edge off the tally. But I think what's interesting when I went back and looked at that lineup in his debut down at uh, Lethley against Estonia in May 2009. Uh, he's making his debut at the age of 19. What's interesting is that those other players that we tend to bracket him with in terms of an era um, all started their international careers a lot earlier. So to a certain extent, although we're grouping him in that bracket, um, he, he got into the team late. Um, he did struggle with a few injuries as well. And I think what's remarkable is he... he he wasn't even really much of a regular under under speed either. He's almost really a, almost a, a Coleman era player in terms of the bulk of his caps. Yet, you know, we all associate Bale and Gunter and um, uh, Ramsey, obviously. Ledley to a certain extent, though Ledley was a, a couple of years uh, older. Mm. Um, Louis Nyatanga would be another one of the similar age. As we all we all we, we do see them as Toshak era, albeit later in, 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 in his reign as Toshak era players. Um, so I think a sense that he's kind of letting us down because he doesn't have as many caps as some of those players, um, I, I think is a little bit a little bit unfair. So looking at the, the lineup against Estonia, um, Joe Allen comes on in the 80th minute for Jack Collison um, for, his, for his debut. You know, Gunter starts that game and that's his 15th cap. Bale starts 20th cap, both 19. Ashley Williams has already earned 12 caps by this point. Again, obviously a lot older. Uh, Louis Nyatanga is on his 26th cap at the age of 20, which is just, what a weird career. Mm. Um, Ledley mm. captained us that day um, on his 28th cap, only 22. Yeah. Sam folks, that's his ninth cap, again, at, at 19. Um, Chad Evans was winning his 10th cap at the age of 20. So uh, a lot of players actually kind of basically had a head start on him. Um and remarkably, he plays against Scotland. He comes on against Scotland in that 3 0 pump in, um, and then doesn't play a game until the Australia friendly, which is one of those games I, I always have a very faint memory of. I mean, it was an awful performance. Oh. Came on in that game. Yeah. His first start is, is that Switzerland game in Swansea, um, 7th of October 2011. He mm-hmm. was really, really good that night. And. Um, uh, you know, Andrew Crofts played. You know, one more who tended to be a more of the, the holding midfielder that the speed would go to at, at, at that time. We, we bracket him with those players, but actually, in terms of his international career, mm. it followed a slightly different path, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, I, th- I think um, another interesting thing in regard to sort of how many caps he won is uh, um, I was at that game in, in Clonethley against Estonia for his debut. I was lucky enough to be at 
the Liberty Stadium for his full debut against Switzerland as well. And he, you're right, he was excellent. I just wonder, actually, was perhaps David Vaughan injured for that game? Because he'd played, he'd been playing under speed and he'd scored the goal against Montenegro, the opening goal. I think No, he hadn't, sorry. He'd set it up for Steve Morrison, hadn't he? That's right. Steve Morrison scored the opening goal. But he, he played David Vaughan in that game. He was, was good, really good. And it seemed like speed was kind of favouring David Vaughan. After he came on against England and was like our only, the only good thing about uh, that performance against England at Wembley in 2011 under speed. Um, so I wonder, yeah, I, I can't remember it at the time, but I just wonder if that if David Vaughan being injured might have opened a, a place. Vaughan came on late for, for Crofts. Yeah, oh, he came yeah. on? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, so maybe it was just that Swansea were in the Premier League by that time because they got the promotion and so he'd actually got a few games under his belt in the Premier League and I think like Speed seemed more keen then to kind of give Neil Taylor a go as well at left back because until then he'd been sort of favouring Danny Collins and then Swansea got promoted and then he was like okay I'll I'll have a, t- a closer look at the Swansea players a bit more I think um, but I've gone off track but what I was going to say was that Andy King also made his debut in Estonia um, he came on in the midfield and Andy King this is kind of bizarre but it's true got to 50 caps before mm. Joe Allen um, I even though he was never really as far as I can recall Andy King was never like a regular first choice first 11 player for Wales that I can remember I mean he'd come on a lot because he was, he was sort of good at coming on and helping his kind of hold a result or, or, or something like that but um, the fact that he got to 50 caps before Joe Allen did who always seemed to me like if he was after that Switzerland game when he was excellent if, if, he, if he was fit he would sort of play um, suggests that we, we've kind of forgotten how much he kind of struggled with fitness in his early days as well um, there were issues there and it kind of maybe took him a little bit of time to establish himself at the Swans as well. I mean, they had, um, you know, Ferry Border there um, when Alan was coming through, who sort of was just this fantastic player whose, whose career was um, sadly cut short by injury. And so it took him a little bit longer to really establish himself at club level as well. Um, if you've, uh, compared to sort of someone like you know, Ramsey, for instance, who was playing in an, an FA Cup final when he was 17. So, um, yeah, I mean, to get to 74 caps, considering all of that, it's it's not an insignificant number of caps. And let's, 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 um, let's face it, you know, three tournaments. He's had a, an utterly fantastic international career. He's one, clearly one of our greatest ever midfielders. I think that's fair. I mean, you look at players like Jack Collison. You mentioned Andy King, Dave Edwards had a few caps under his belt. At that point, there was a lot. There was a clutch of midfielders coming through. So maybe it took a little bit of a time for him to really kind of like emerge from from the pack. Um, but once he did, I mean, he he, he was he was pretty much first choice. Um, you know, under Coleman from 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 day one, really. Um, and um, yeah, I I, I, th- I think it's a shame that. I mean, in some respects, he was lucky to have played in the last Euros because, of course, it was delayed by a year and it gave him that opportunity to miss it otherwise, for sure. Um, I felt it was a little bit, again, not quite at its best, but I felt 
the following season, of the last sort of season, as in the football season, he we were seeing like old 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 Joe Allen. It was a little bit of the the the, the vintage Joe Allen, if you like. Not that he's old, but um, yeah, and you know maybe maybe this injury is you know is a bit more serious. I mean, I think you know by the Swans' you know own account, they haven't handled it properly. Mm. Um, he doesn't have a huge number of minutes under his belt. It's a slightly sort of stop-start season for them. They seem to get a cup, you know, run of results, and then it, then it kind of stutters a little bit. You know, a little bit of unrest. You know, is Martin going to stay? Is he going? Well, if you remember, we we had um, uh, a friend of mine, Ian Derek, a Swans fan of many a year, um, talking about like Joe's homecoming. And, you know, and he was very much clear that this was not just him coming home for you know a year, two years. To you know, see how his 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 his, his contract, see how his career, sorry, um, you know, friendly kind of homely environment, you know, a familiar environment. It was very much actually with a view to potentially taking on other roles at the club potentially. Um, so with all of that uncertainty and that kind of uh, a little bit of disruption, a little bit of the the, the negative noises. Um, I mean, the the dissatisfaction with the owners of of the club, you know, isn't anything new or peculiar to this season either. I don't know. It's just a sense that. I don't know. He's found himself maybe in a situation where you know he feels that having a go a go go away is a bit too much of a, a of an ask now. If he is kind of given some other, I don't know whether they're verbal commitments um, or there are some expectations that there's other work, uh, other roles available for him at the club. Maybe he needs to start prioritising. So you know, there's always a little bit more to these things. And I think what's important as well is kind of how these have been managed. So I think the longer it goes on, we're not going to see any. Um, you know, and, and, and Hugh mentioned this in our WhatsApp. Okay, well, who's the last, you know, premature retiree? Mm. Robson Carnu, arguably, though he came back, although not much, not for long. Um, you know, you've got your Paul Dummett. These players are very, very peripheral. Uh, you know, really don't amount to a huge amount. But any t- in terms of any kind of significant player with a significant number of caps, a significant kind of role and status in the squad, it's been a long time since we've had these retirees. Um, Premature. I mean, you know, I don't think anyone's going to argue that Andy King was retiring prematurely or, or whatever. Sam Vokes has been retired, I suppose, um, uh, and some might say a little bit prematurely. Yeah. And David Edwards went, you know, at a reasonable time and so on. So, um, mm-hmm. John Ledley famously is, you know, is still available mm-hmm. <laughs> for for an international yeah. call up. Yeah, I love that. One. Uh, as indeed, you, are you or I? Just sort of throw that mm-hmm. out there. But no, it's this. It's this. This possibly feels like it's a little bit premature, but. You know, like I said, you know, there's probably a little bit more going on, but in terms of it happening without the camp in situ, without the players having come together, without a big competitive fixture on the horizon, it's all been done now. And I think the longer it goes on, the less likely we're going to hear of any others, unless, of course, Page decides to he isn't going to pick a player, and a player then decides, okay, based on that, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hang around. So there might be one or two, yeah. but it does feel to me that it's been a little bit stage managed. Well, it's not a criticism. Let's just do it. Out of the limelight, in 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 the sense of, of, of fixtures, and and campaigns and, and and tournaments, and and finding the right time and just kind of letting it play out. So I think if it is going to happen, however, you know, <laughs> reluctant we are in, in, in wanting to accept it, uh, you know, if it is going to happen, then there is a, a way of doing it, and I think we are managing this quite well as a as a team, as a setup, as the as the association. I think. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean. If we look at you know who um, the like likely next retirement people have mentioned um, Ramsey, um, who's just turned 
32 on box, Boxing Day. And I'd be, I would be absolutely gutted if Ramsey decided to call it a day right now. And um, especially as he's come into the, since the World Cup and sort of since, you know, it, it was late getting back to Nice um, for whatever reason. I don't know, apparently tipped the April World Cup quite, quite hard. Um, but since he's gone back, their form has really picked up. He's been in the team. He's playing. He's been starting games. They've been winning. They've gone right up the table. I think they're sixth or seventh now. And um, it feels like he's really come into form again. And I'd be absolutely gutted if if Ramsey was to to sort of walk away now. Uh, I don't think he will. I, I, I can't. I, you know, certainly hope not. Um, I would certainly feel like like that would be premature considering. He's been playing really well for Nice lately. Um, I mean, there's, there's Hennessy and there's Gunter, but I, I kind of feel like they should be retired, both of them now. I mean, um, Gunter is, you know, League Two and he's not, you know, playing particularly well by all accounts. And, and you know, it's just, you know, it kind of feels a bit pointless him being in the squad now. And then and Hennessy, you know, you know, Nottingham Forest. As soon as they kind of lost their first choice keeper, they went out and signed a signed another guy because obviously they don't they don't you know think that he can cut it anymore. And um, it's probably time now just to say to Danny Ward, okay, you're number one, and um, thanks Wayne, but um, there's no point picking you in the squad anymore. Um, so I. So, yeah, um, I would kind of hope that would be it now in terms of, you know, really high-profile retirements. I mean, because I, I do think, you know, it's, it's time to make Danny Ward number one goalkeeper and probably time to just say thanks and goodbye to Chris Gunter as well. And let's, um, let's move on with, with, you know, hopefully Ramsey's still around and, and Ben, well, Ben Davis, I'm sure, still be around, pro- probably as a skipper. And, um, yeah, and, and give this give this campaign a really good go and because, um, you know, we've got a really good chance of qualifying. Um, it's, you know, sort of a bit, bit doom and gloom when you lose to all-time greats, but, you know, it's not, um, it's not an insurmountable group. You know, we've got to finish second and we're there. Um, we haven't got to go through any tricky playoffs this time if we finish second. The Euros is uh, easier to qualify for than the World Cup. So, you know, let's look look forward and, and think, well, you know, next summer, in only 17 months or so, we've got a good chance of getting to a European Championships in Germany, which would just be a fucking brilliant tournament to get to. Mm, absolutely. Um, it does beg the question, of course, who steps in into central midfield? Uh, both in terms of squad and team, uh, Jordan James has had a little um, spent time in the squad. Um, Joe Morrell, we'll know what Joe Morrell can do. He's uh, finding game time a bit harder to come by of late, but probably is is first cab off the rank. I would imagine in terms of the starting eleven, Ethan Abadou's obviously spending more time in midfield as well. I, I mean, do you do? You, do you, there's not a huge number of, of 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 options. Is is my worry? Um, you know, we've talked to this a, a lot. You know, Matt Smith, uh, Dallin Levitt. They they do feel a a, a 
a, a couple of rungs down the ladder from from the class of Joe Allen in, in you know in lots of ways you know, maybe slightly different players but in terms of filling that role I mean where do you think Page might go well I, I would hope that he would have learned his lesson from the from the World Cup that just playing in Ethan Ampadu in there is not it's just not going to cut it <laughs> but it's, it's it seemed like he's become quite reluctant to play Joe Morrell um which I don't really get because I think he's had a really good international career so far. There's thirty plus caps and he's played pretty well in in most of those games. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really hope Page would have learned this lesson from from the World Cup and and that you know, Joe Morrell has put in some excellent performances whilst not pulling up too many trees at club level but it doesn't kind of matter because he's sort of some a player who seems to kind of under be able to step up at international level and understand what his role is in the team and um so i think sort of in terms of the short term this campaign i, w- I would hope joe morell plays more regularly than he has just of, of late um Alongside Ampadu, perhaps uh, in that in that sort of defensive midfield, I would like to see two players in there. Long term, I you know I don't know. I haven't seen Jordan James play, but I mean he's you know he's been he's very young and he's been impressing people at Birmingham. He's you know not quite established himself as a first choice player there, but he's sort of around the certainly around the sort of the edge of the of the of the first team at sort of 18, 19 years old. And it's not, you know, it's not that many midfielders around at 18, 19 who are kind of established at kind of that higher level, you know, championship, decent level. Um, so, you know, I don't know, it might be time for for Paige to do perhaps what Toshak did back in the day and just say, okay, it doesn't really matter what um, what's happening at club level so much. You you look good enough to me. Um, I'm gonna put you in there. And we had people like like Chris Gunter, for instance, who hadn't really established himself at Cardiff, playing regularly for Wales, and playing really well. And it sort of kind of got him got him games at club level, really. I'd, um, mm. And I, you know, I I don't know if Jordan James is is ready for that. It's kind of kind of you know, it's gonna be up to Paige, who's who knows a lot more about football than me to sort of make make a judgment on that score? But I just feel like we certainly need numbers in there in the midfield um, because we we just cannot play as as openly as we did did at the World Cup and expect to get results. It's just not going to happen. No, I mean I suppose it, it does at the very least. It kind of harks back to what I was saying in terms of how this whole process has been managed. It maybe accelerates the evolution a little bit. I wouldn't say it's a revolution in the same way that. You know, Toshak ended up having to having to manage things, but it's it's accelerating a little bit. And part of me is a traditionalist in the sense that you know I like the idea. I find it kind of like you know cockle warming, if you like, that the 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 younger players are able to look up to older players. They spend time in the squad. You know, it's not just about playing alongside them on the pitch. It's how they conduct themselves in camp, how they manage the media, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I like the sense that you have these older players, more established players, more experienced players mentoring some of the younger players coming through. To a certain extent, Jordan James isn't going to do that, have that, certainly in, in terms of someone in, in midfield alongside him. 
uh, and a player very much you know of his sort of ilk, if you like. Yes, you know Hennessy might still be around, and uh, you know Joe Roden has got a lot of caps under his belt. Ethan Ampadu's got a lot of caps under him. Ramsey's going to still be around. Ben Davis. I'm not saying it's completely kind of like a, a, a um, you know a blank page in the same respect as the same way it was almost for Toshak. Um, but it does feel like Page. It's not his, his hand forced because I think you know this. This wasn't a shock to him. This is, as I said, it had all been kind of managed and all the communication had happened. But he's now got a few weeks to look at. Look at what are the options. And um, I think I think it's I think it's exciting. It could be, you know, Rich alluded to this, you know, in our messages. It, it could be that actually, you know, Alan was no longer the player that Page wanted for a style of play that he wants to go with going forward that is a little bit more forward orientated that is a little bit more for all of our <laughs> reservations on two midfield that basically needs a bit more a bit more kind of um you know more legs in there is a little bit more athletic almost you know in the same way that you know a lot of those teams whether they were successful or they weren't in the world cup you know canada played at a pace uh, you know and, and, and with verve that seemed beyond us um and if they got players that are hugely better than us better than ours i don't think so Morocco clearly, you know, wowed us all, playing a very athletic, a very high tempo um, game. You know, and there were other teams as well. So maybe, maybe Alan was the was 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 was, the, was increasingly a square peg in a round hole. So he's been given the opportunity to, to 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 bow out, can do so with his head held high, gets the tributes, etc. It's 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 a fascinating thing. With the more you kind of kind of look at it, I find, but. Um, I could also be over overthinking it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh no, no, don't. I think you know a fit Joe Allen is still a first choice player for me for like a you know good couple of years. You know we just don't have that at the moment. We don't really have the quality elsewhere. I mean, even Ampadu is 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 been a really good impre- uh, player for us and um, so far, but and he's got you know decent experience at top level for his age. But you know he's someone who has yet to establish himself at you know his his mother club as it is um he keeps keeps being sent out on loan um no you know I, I, the the fitness issue comes into it in terms of athleticism for sure but and you know a, a fully fit joe allen is you know a fit if he's kind of playing anywhere near sort of you know 2000 Fifteen, two thousand sixteen levels is you know a, a um, is a first choice player all day long. Can we do some jo- favorite favorite Joe Allen moments? Actually, I've got a couple I thought of. Okay. Um, yeah. We we were both there for the for his goal against Austria, weren't we? Um, in Vienna, sort of tr- struggling yes. to see who the hell it was who scored um, <laughs> from from like you know seven miles away. Up in the up in the up in the gods, um, but what a strike that was! I mean, just like oh, talk about hitting the sweet spot. Something very satisfying about those kind of half volleys, isn't it? And it was with his left foot as well, his weaker foot. Um, yeah, what a goal! What a fantastic goal that was! And shame, yeah, he had to go off injured in that game. Um, mm-hmm. Talking of injuries, and we sort of had to hold on a bit because Ramsey was already missing through injury, so we were. A bit, oh, a bit light in the second half in midfield, and and, and struggled to kind of hold on, hold on to that uh, point, which we which we did in the end. Um, but that was a great moment. But for for me, like his greatest all time Wales moment was the uh, assist for Ramsey in uh, in Toulouse against Russia. I mean, it's just 
what a pass that is. It's just Ramsey gives this little little point. And then Alan, who's just sort of got the ball off James Chester, I think. It like puts this ball through, it dissects I think six Russian players. Um Ramsey one touch and then chips it over the keeper. What you know, just that 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 you know that's Joe Allen. Um, that's a kind of prime example of of uh, just how good he was at recycling, turning defence into attack, um, vision, awareness, intelligence, positioning. Uh, just what an assist that was! Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I think back a little bit recently, and again, I think it was a sign that he he'd kind of really found his form again. Um, you know the 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 but well both playoff games but the one against Ukraine you get but he gets booked earlier early on and you think you know oh crikey. Um and then just timed everything to perfection and that was probably his best performance in in a long time for us and was just pitch perfect on the on the night for what we needed in order to to, to achieve what we needed to that night um, he was absolutely terrific that night and um, yeah you got a sense it was kind of rolling the rolling the clock back. You're not, not hugely into the distant past, but you know, enough for that kind of 2016, 20, 2015 to 2019 kind of era, um, 2018 era. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed watching that night. Yeah, talking about like pressure, big games. I yeah. think um, the Hungary game, he was absolutely magnificent. Um, the 2-0 in 2019. And... Um, Oh, I, was just, I was thinking about this because I, I wrote two blog articles for when Ramsey turned 30, I did a top 30 Wales moments and Bale turned 30, I did a top 30 Bale moments for Wales. And it was very easy to kind of come up with 30 moments for Bale, 30 for, Rams, uh, for, um, for Ramsey because of the amount of goals and assists. And, and um, I didn't do it when Joe Allen turned 30. Because he's not really sort of like that moments player like like Bale and Ramsey so much. It's just this sort of um, it's more or less like this quiet metronomic kind of thing, which I think mm. is maybe summed up by if you look at the first goal against Hungary in 2019, his play um, on the right hand side interplay with with Bale, which. Um, you know, it's just really slick, really good passing. Uh, you know, there's nothing, there's, there's no goal or assist at the end of it for, for Alan himself, but he played such a big part in that move, which led to the goal, and it was a fantastic goal. Brilliant cross from Bale, brilliant header from Ramsey, but Alan was really a part, of, such a, a key part of the build-up to that goal, and that, that kind of summed up what he was all about as well. Um, so he was sort of like that sort of metronome player who just sort of gives you... A, Gives your team rhythm. I mean, I talked to um, when I talked to Alan Curtis when I was writing the Flynn book, um, and I sort of, you know, I said, uh, kind of, what do you make of the the comparison between what Brian was like as a player and what Joe Allen is like as a player, as someone who knows both very well? And he said, yeah, they're just they're, they're players who who give your team rhythm and momentum, and that's yeah, that's what that's what. That's what he did, rather than rather than provide moment after moment after moment like Bale did. He he provided the rhythm, 
and the momentum which sort of would often lead to those great Bale moments or Ramsey moments. He's not a player that has uh, you know those showreel clips on YouTube. I'm sure you can probably find them, and they would be they would be fine. But you'd have to go really hunting for the moments, which again, and it's it's not a criticism. It's just you know it's like they say is that you know good referees when you don't notice, good holding midfielders you you don't notice them. They're just tick, making things keep tick, they keep things ticking over. We used to say this about Joe Ledley. They make other they make the other players play better and look better. Um, you know, Mark Pembridge did it back in the day. So um, those those sorts of players, they you know you you can imagine that everyone just loves loves playing with these players. And I think what was interesting, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier, that ability to turn defence into attack. Um, you know, Ashley Williams was pretty effective in that role, and, and and certainly in that transition, he was integral to that. But you get a sense that not only did other midfielders like playing with him, you you get a sense that defenders loved having him as a get out ball. Um, you know, for them as well in front of him, um, just a calming kind of reassuring presence. So, I'm just so not to shame yeah. he's uh, he's gone, but yeah. There was, I, I don't. I'm not in, on on uh, Instagram, but Aaron Ramsey sort of said uh, something like, uh, "I I couldn't have wished for a better midfielder to share my Wales career with, or something like that," and so, summed it up really. It, you know, it's thinking again about that goal against Russia. It's just this tight, you know, this little point from Ramsey, like where he wants the ball to go. And, and and Joe knows straight away he's, his head's up and he knows he's looking for a Ramsey he's looking for that ball and he just puts it on a plate yeah it's also one fewer well speaker in the squad but it's also one fewer Joe in the squad um, and you know this is why you know Joe Morrell needs to needs to step up he needs to get back in the start 11 because otherwise a lot of pressure on Rodon because we very rarely start games without a Joe in there somewhere. Yeah, really. um, so that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. We're always better with a Joe or a Joey in, in the team. Absolutely. Okay, so um, I noticed that he's not long scored tonight for Wrexham. A penalty at home to Woking. Uh, Woking were 1-0 up early on. Armand, is that is that the Newport player maybe? Pot- Porrigar, Armand? Anyway, doesn't matter. On 61 minutes, the two and up. Mullins scored a penalty in the 56th minute. Uh, he scored one, missed one on the telly box the other night as well, of course, against Sheffield United. Um, he's eligible for us via a grandmother, I believe. And um, even back last season, Ed, Ed sort of, um, I think he put some out on Twitter, sort of saying he'd, he'd kind of gone through the paperwork, he'd done the admin um, in terms of making himself eligible and available. He's got a natty line in, in football boots. Um, some might suggest he's worth a call-up on that basis alone, but it is gaining some traction. What's interesting is you had a you had maybe Wrexham fans kind of putting him forward. Not only Wrexham fans, admittedly, other people kind of maybe getting on that bandwagon a little bit. Other people thinking, "Oh, what are you kidding? You know, it's it's it's, it's the fifth tier in England. Don't be so silly. Um, you know, we're better than that. There's better options." You then it kind of goes back and so it's like, well, yeah, okay, fine. But I mean, he scored as many goals against championship defenders as like a Mark Harris has, for example, and he's in the squad and went to the World Cup. So there's there's different takes on it. Um, <laughs> and what's interesting is he's not saying much at all in all of this. And then, of course, the closer it gets to the end of the season, Wrexham fans, I'm sensing as well, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, he should play. Yeah, I, I think he's good enough. Although... Can we wait until? Um, can Paige wait until Wrexham are kind of are kind of um, up and promoted, well, I've, and I've, <laughs> because they don't want anything <laughs> jeopardising that, which is an interesting yeah. kind of dichotomy, if you yeah, like. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, 
Come on, where do you stand? Give us a nuance then. A nuanced sort of take on it is that he should be called up for the next squad, but only for the Latvia game and not the Croatia game. And, okay, I'm saying this with my sort of half Rex and half Wales hat on, but it's, it's kind of, for me, it's, it's like, if this is like, you know, if he's, he's fit and he carries on in the same vein of form as in at the moment, I don't see any reason why not. Why not? Because he's in such a rich vein of form and um, he's basically scoring every game. But um, the, the Croatia game is on a Saturday the 25th. Uh, we play York City, we as in Wrexham, play York City that day at home. And then we don't have a game until the following Saturday. So Latvia is on the 28th, I'm pretty sure, at the Carlos City Stadium. So I would, I mean, I've, you know, if, if I was Paige, I would sort of box clever and try, try and keep Wrexham fans on side, and sort of, which is a quite a significant contingent of match-going Wales fans as well, and not pick him for the for the Croatia game so that he doesn't have to miss Wrexham's game against York. Comes and meets up the squad on the Sunday, the 26th, and maybe makes his debut then against Latvia on the 28th and then goes back to Wrexham on the 29th uh, ahead of our game at the weekend, the, the, the Saturday. And then we've, we have six games left and it would be maybe like it would really kind of boost him to be an international footballer you know going into those last six games of the season when we when we have Notts County at home which which has the potential to be huge 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 match Um, and for those saying oh we shouldn't be picking non-league footballers to play for Wales well you know if he does make his debut in the next international break, there's a good chance that he'll only be a non-league footballer for another six matches, all going well, all you know, all being well. Wrexham hat on again. So uh, I was k- kind of neutral. I didn't have any strong opinions either way about whether he would be, should be called up or not. I, I, the only time I've actually s- seen him in the flesh was at the uh, FA Trophy final against Bromley. Because um, I couldn't, yeah, I haven't been able to get to the race course recently, unfortunately. But um, he was very flat that day. Not a criticism of him; the whole team was very flat. And I kind of thought, well, yeah. if you can't, yeah. you know, if you can't get up for a Wembley final, then is he going to be able to get up for it at international level? And maybe, maybe it is too much for him. But I, I sort of feel like. He's improved this season. It's you know, and people say, "Oh, look at his age; he's too old to be making his debut." But I mean, I mean, players. You know, look at Kiefer Moore. Players improve in their late twenties. Players, you know, it does happen. You can make make a step up. He's scoring week after week. He scored in the FA Cup. We had three games against Championship opposition, causing all sorts of problems. He scored three times. Okay, some of them were penalties, but you know, penalties that he won himself against Sheffield United who are several points clear of third place and looking like a premiership team in waiting he caused their defenders all sorts of problems um a lot more than Swansea did at the weekend it seems um it just lost from and, and the two the two players yeah no good and the two players that he outfoxed for the penalties I think one was very fortuitous 
the other was as as an obvious one. You know, they're both international players. Um, you know, Oli Norwood's got over fifty international caps, so you know he managed to kind of out, outwit these players. So I I I, I see what you're saying. I can certainly see the logic in terms of what you're saying. You call it for one, uh, the games not the others, uh, but that's just not how it's done. I think there's an element of kind of having your cake and eating it. And I think on that basis, if the games are so important, and, and Page Page is tuned into this, Page knows exactly. The, the the score, you know how important it is for Exxon to get back in the football league and so on and so forth. I don't think he'll get called up for that double header. But then our next games are a home to Armenia and away to Turkey in June. Conceivably, I don't know, but conceivably, um, you know the Armenia game is on the Friday. He could have the players all in camp from the Monday. He could call him up for that, have him for the best part of ten, eleven, even possibly twelve days, and you know. Uh, really have a good look at him in camp, see how he settles in. Uh, that that's my pr- personal prediction. Um, I don't think he's, I don't I don't he's not going to see enough of him in camp to then sort of okay have a cap against Latvia. I, I I don't think anyone comes in. You know, you know players come up come from nowhere. I mean, you know, Sorba Thomas was another one. Um, so it kind of happens. You know, Paul Parry back in the day. So it does happen, but not within the context of a camp. So, um, or very rarely does it happen. I mean, you had the old standby lists back in the day, so I'm sure it probably, you know, you can find examples. But that's not really kind of how it's done now. And I don't think it's kind of how, not just even Paige, not even kind of how it was done under Coleman. Notwithstanding, Andrew Crofts had that random cap. Do you remember that? <laughs> it's like, was it like Panama or something? Kind yeah, of like, yeah. where, where's he yeah, come yeah. from? But I, I, I suppose, um, that's what the point I'm making is, um, that's not kind of how it's done. So I think it would be... I think it would be unfair. I think it would almost put a lot of pre- almost too much pressure on him to kind of go rock up and go, right, okay, you're finally getting your chance. It's against the weaker team. But I do think we'll see him. By which point the season is home and done, home and hosed, hopefully, for, for Wrexham positively. It doesn't kind of end in a bit of a... It doesn't fizzle out like, like last season's did. Um, and, yeah, I, I, that, that's my gut feeling. The age thing doesn't particularly bother me. I think there's any number of players down the years who've come into international football relatively late. You mentioned Kiefer Moore now um, and, and do well. And do you remember we did that episode and we kind of called it that Neil Young lyric, isn't it? Better to burn out than fade away. Those short career, the careers, international careers that were short, short for whatever sweet. reason, yeah. but sweet, but burn bright. Out of on Griffiths, again, got back into the squad at like, what, 32, 33? Yeah. And then not just had a really good career, but a really important yeah, career for well, us. You know, Nick Dacey had a short international career, but had a decent, um, you know, return, uh, you know, goal goal scoring ratio and return. So, you know, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he comes in, gets a couple of goals in maybe seven caps, and that's it. And you kind of go, did a did a job when we maybe needed yeah, it. Yeah, 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 exactly right. I mean, the Arvin Griffiths comparison is an interesting one because he came into the team. We we finished top of a with uh, Arvin Griffiths as a, a really important player in our team. We finished top of a group for the first time in our history. It was yeah, you're right. He was 30, 34 when he scored that goal against Austria, which meant that we were the only team from the British Isles to reach the quarterfinals of the European Championships in in seventy six. He, he scored against England at Wembley that year as well, in a two-two draw. Won won BBC Wales Sports Personality of the Year, age thirty-four, playing in the third division for Wrexham. Um, and, and I people will say, "Oh, football's different; it's moved on." But you know, I I still think there are players who can come in late, uh, like Kiefer Moore, like we've talked about. 
relatively late in their career and make a difference. And if Paul Mullen comes in, help you know plays a part in one campaign and helps us qualify for the Euros and goes to European Championships, fucking brilliant. That is a that is that would be great for him, for Wales, for Wrexham, for everyone really. If he comes in and 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 you know yeah wins nine caps but scores two two goals. Something like that, but does a job for us at a time when we need him and we qualify for a tournament. Um, you know, why not? Um, so if, if that's if Page thinks he's ready um, and he, he thinks he's sort of good enough, and the the interview he gave sort of suggests he, he was impressed by him. Um, I mean, Page lives in Sheffield, so he was. Uh, I predicted he would be at the game, at the replay, and he was. Um, and uh, I, I don't think he would have f- could have helped being impressed by by Mullin actually, and and, and the way uh, how many problems he caused the Sheffield United defence, the, the 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 wit and the uh, f- f- yeah, just a yeah, the, to win those two penalties, the, the way he put the first one away, okay, you know, it's a good save from the second one from Adam Davis, but um, this general play was Mullen. I thought was was excellent. Once again, he showed that he's he's you know he uh, is someone who can succeed at a higher level. And for you know anyone who says oh, but you know he's a non-league player. It's just not. It's kind of ignorant of. The fact that Wrexham is not a normal non-league club at this point in time, and that if it wasn't for the kind of the um, high-profile takeover, he would not be playing for us. He would be he would be at least playing at, at League One level. Another point I want to make is I think there's something to be said for 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 playing for picking a striker who is scoring goals. Week after week, and which is where Scott Mullin is now. This kind of he's scoring game after game after game. You know, it's almost like a surprise if he doesn't score. Um, and you know, England have done it as well in the past. You know, going back a bit, but you know, I remember Steve Ball getting called up um, when Wolves were in the third division because he was scoring week after week, and people were like, "Ah." Oh, well, I can't really remember what the reaction was. I was a kid, but I mean, I imagine some people have been like, "What's you know, Bobby Robson doing picking a third division player?" But then he comes on, um, or he, well, I can't remember if he started or he came on, but he scored on his debut against Scotland because it was just like his continuation of him finding the back of the net. It didn't sort of matter what kind of level he was playing at. In a sense, he had that goal scorer's instinct. He had this kind of knack. He had this. Confidence. He just had this like thing at the time of like, all right, I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna find the back of the net. It doesn't matter you know how good the the uh, the opposition are. And yet you know, and I, I don't think Steve will ever played in the top flight. I, I could be wrong there, but he went to a World Cup because he was a goal scorer. There is something to be said for goal scorers or for strikers who are are scoring and their and their confidence is up. And they think they're going to, every time they step on the pitch, whoever the opposition is, they think, yeah, do you know, I'm going to get one hit today or I'm going to get a chance. I suppose the issue is, I think one of the things that would be interesting to look at, and it's a bit more of a nuanced analysis to, to you know, Twitter's not the place to go for nuance, clearly, but I mean, that sense of 
well, how many goals does he get per chance? Because he's going to get fewer chances. He's probably also going to be, you know, is he going to be refereed a little bit more stringently? You know, is he going to be able to be as physical? Because he is a physical player. You know, he does really. I mean, it's one of the things that Paige said. I mean, he, 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 the Sheffield United defenders had no rest, no moment's rest while he was on the pitch. So, you know, is he going to get sympathetically ref? We've seen this with Kiefer Moore. Some games, I think to be fair, Kiefer's done very well to kind of adapt and learn and, 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 and you know, get through most games. But there have also been games when he's been relatively neutered because he's not able to play his natural game as a striker in terms of holding the ball up and, and winning it in, in, you know, aerially and so on. Has, has Mullin got that in him? It's almost kind of like, yeah, he, he justifies a call-up for some, but clearly not for others. If he does justify it, however, in the eyes of Rob Page, and that's really all that matters, I guess, by playing his natural game, he's almost potentially got to adapt his game when he's being picked, when he's playing internationally, because of maybe how the ref is, is, is going to be um, uh, uh, refereeing the game. Cuter defenders, Yeah. Uh, who are going to play act a little bit more? You find that in the in the in the in national league as well, of course. But I don't know that 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 for me, I think, is an interesting dynamic. He's almost got to play a different game to the one that justifies his call up in order to be able to to, to get a cap if 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 that's what he if that's what he he's, you know he is hoping for. So, what what message does this send out to in twenty ones? We look at someone like Jack Vale, who scored goals at twenty ones. He's off the mark at Blackburn. He's getting the odd game here and there. He's getting minutes. A Wrexham lad, um, um, ironically as well. What what message does it send out someone like that? Do you think? There's a question we've had on on Twitter off um, uh, Steve Gatt, Stephen Gatt, but no good blessing on Twitter. Yeah, it's a good it's a good question, but I don't I don't mean if 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 Jack Vale was scoring week in week out, then he would and it was getting overlooked, and Page decided to pick someone from the National League. That would be a more. That would certainly be an argument that would have more weight, but I don't. He's not. He's not established himself in the Blackburn team. As yet, he's playing a bit, scoring very occasionally, um, and also under twenty-one level. You know, if he, he's he. You know, he's he's had some good games. He scored a hat trick, I think, against Bulgaria. But he's then, you know, went the rest of the campaign without scoring, I think, or maybe got one. So I mean, if, if it's a sort of if Jack Vale's pulling on the Welsh shirt and scoring game after game after game at under twenty one level, and has sort of established himself in the Blackburn team, then I think then he would have a right to kind of be a bit pissed off if he saw a guy from the National League getting picked ahead of him. But um, I don't think he has the right at this particular point until he's sort of got a kind of a, a solid set of goal-scoring stats behind him and a, a number of league appearances behind him to have any complaints. Yeah. Garrett Cunnan got in touch on Twitter and um, well, on both Joe Allen and, um, and Paul Mullin. Uh, so much on that Joe Allen now, not Paul Mullin. Uh, so much on that same cerebral um, level, football level as Rambo and Bale, um, all as integral as each other. Yeah, there's only one, there's only one third of that holy trinity left now, isn't it for us? 
how lucky were we that they're all that they all emerged together? Although that's the point. I'm sorry, so they, in in a whale sense, they didn't emerge together. I think that's there is a certain revisionism, but I mean, he he really quickly established himself, which I I think is all to his credit. Mullin, I think this probably sums up where I am. We'll never know if he can cope and be effective at international level unless we try. Worth a worth a squad punt. I I'm, I'm kind of on that. I mean, for the I've got nothing against Mark Harris, but I don't think we're going to miss him in a in a what's our squad these days? Twenty. Twenty-five. Um, you you swap out a, a Mark Harris or a Paul Mullin. I, I don't think the squad is is fundamentally you know hugely affected. It, it's it's so peripheral and marginal the impact that it has. Then why not? I think for me it's a question of well which double header is it going to be? And I my gut feeling is I don't think it'll be the first yeah maybe one. maybe I think it'll be yeah. the second one. It could be that it's just just a, a bit too soon in terms of um, you know you're probably not going to. Pick him away in Croatia as his as his debut cap, and then and then you know you're just going to pick him for one game. Probably not. Although you know it's something I would you know consider if I was Paige, sort of just sort of playing it, playing it cleverly, boxing clever a bit in mm. that respect, and uh, and and keeping Rex and fans on board. But you know just to make sort of the bit of a comparison with Mark Harris is that you know we've on a podcast sort of. Praised him and um, for his off off the ball movement, um, and said that you know that's. I think I think we all picked him for our World Cup squads and said that was perhaps why you know even though he's not a prolific goal scorer he's you know he's, he works hard and he's got good off the ball movement. Well, Mullins got that. Off the ball movement is super, is superb, and he's got goals, so he's kind of like he's got another kind of string to his bow in in. In that respect, you know, even though Harris is at a club that's uh, several levels higher, you know, there's just um, if we're looking for someone who's going to work hard off the ball, you know, Mullin Mullin's going to do that. He's got really good movement, but he's got a sort of more of a clinical eye for goal. Well, he, he does. Sorry, sorry, to glance at my notes, this is the other thing I said about him. He also scores lots of different types of goals. So he, he is a fox in the box. He, he gets on the end of little toe pokes here, little headers at the back post. But he also creates his own goals. You can lash one in from 20, 25 yards. There's that one goal last season, I forget who it's from, where he, like, he dinks it from about like 30, 35 yards out on the left. Oh, is that a Knox County above. in the... Uh, no, the um, Stockport in the FA Trophy, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, he, he, he can score with left and right foot. He scores with his head. So it's... There are different strings to his bow. Whether he, you know, whether whether he can put away maybe the only chance he's going to get in a, in an international game against you know a, a top quality side against cuter defenders, that for me is is is, is the big question. And, and whether he has to adapt his game, which then kind of almost takes off, you know, it take, almost kind of detracts from from some of the, the playing strengths that that, that work from so well in the national league. Um, in order to be able to adapt and deal with that cuteness and deal with that that that, that for me, but I mean, it's all it's all conjecture until he's he's given a he's, he's you know he's given a go, and you know I think as well to be fair that if you have got a number of days in camp, you'd have an opportunity to shine if he puts in a strong performance. Assuming he gets picked in the first place, of course. But if he does show up well in in training in the camp, can adapt to the game plan, then I I think Page would have no qualms in in, in giving him a giving him a game. Armenia, the weakest team in the group at home. I, the more I can see it, you know, I think you know, 
getting a 15 20 minute run out as a substitute in that game uh, I don't think it's outlandish when that that's junior yeah, yeah. You then have the issue it's like is he technically yeah. a league player or non-league player and then I don't know there's all of that kind of stuff but hey who knows <laughs> so yeah no it's an interesting one it's We're an interesting boring one. deep into injury time and Notts County are a 4-1 up at the moment so <laughs> maybe uh, you know it's uh, he needs to nick another one in injury time doesn't he Molly? But, uh, yeah it's now 2 all, isn't it Woking so uh, and Notts County finished yeah uh, has that Langstaff got any uh, Welsh qualifications because uh he knows where the net is as well. Yeah, there's a, there's a player at um, Notts County called uh, I think Scott tonight, <laughs> Kevin Scott. It sounds a lot like it sounds a lot like Chedwin, and we know where that is. Okay, it's a late one. Um, your your birdsong yeah. clock is about to go for a second time. When it appears twice in an episode of this, it's too much. Really. Then, then so we know it's overkill. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, really appreciate All it. Right. Um, yeah, we'll be back in the swing of things before long, too long in, in, in looking at kind of games and looking ahead of what we need to do and, and, yeah. and, and who the options it's are. Nice, but, um, nice easy yeah. task of Croatia away to come up, yeah. Yeah. Without Bale and yeah. Ramsey. And without Bale and Allen. No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Is there breaking news? Um you've just given you've just given everybody a heart attack. So I'd give, give myself yeah, a heart precisely, attack. Precisely. We will leave it there. Uh, enjoy the rest of Valentine's night. It's been a pleasure, as always. Um let's just keep this between between us though, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's Okay. Lost out. Right. Lost out.